They're guys. They do magic. Magic! They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 140. Oh my god, of the magic guys. Look, I've got a I just saw Nick had his mug out, so I got my mug out. Let me just take a little ASMR sip for you guys. I'm the worst. You drink it out of a plastic <laughs> bottle. But hey, my... <laughs> I've invested in big jugs of water and a dispenser, so I'll be le- I'll be a better human tomorrow. They're on okay. the way. We got Aquadug on the way. But hey, so we down below we got Aquadug. To my left we got Nick K. Hello, friends. What's up, Nick? Yeah, hello, right. friends and foes that may be listening too. Everyone's welcome here. We Everyone's love the haters welcome. too. What's up, hate? What's up, haters? That's right. And a special thanks to those. Oh my gosh, Doug has that? just. What just happened? What was that? <laughs> For those watching this, Doug, uh, he's he's. Damn, he's gone yeah. up another level for tech for us. We just saw I, balloons I, fly everywhere. I don't even know. That was Clap a special hands. moment. Clap your hands, Doug. Clap your hands. <laughs> I thought that's what triggered it. Okay, it wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's got so much tech uh, of a setup now, he doesn't even know what's going on. That was uh, that was crazy. But hey, everyone who's watching this live is in the chat. So thank you, Bob, Noah, Dragotear1, Tim Askin, Randall. This is great. Chris... Um, Angel, yeah, everyone, thank you for being here. Chris Angel. And this what? is this is awesome. So look, man. guys, man, how good, first of all, can I just say, how good was last week's episode with Marcus? I think it was it, the best one. I think so too. It was like the best one of the best conversations I've had in Magic ever. Like it was just so yeah. refreshing. And if you're anything like me, you you experience burnout. Like I, I honest to God, as much as I love magic, I think about leaving it at least once a year. Like, yeah. and it's just what happens from burnout. You know what I mean? That's when you can take a second and step back. And I honest to God, think that like Marcus Edis, like he, he saved me. He was my magical Jesus. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. now I've been saved. I've been saved by Marcus. Thank you. We, we all have that quota, right? At least once or twice a year, you have to contemplate quitting. So. Oh, I actually do the quitting. I, I'm like this. <laughs> Magic. Forget about it. I'm out of here. You know, I'm experienced enough to do this. I know how to handle these moments, but for sure, let it go sometimes. And then it's always there. It's one of the beautiful things. It's always waiting for us when we're done with the temper tantrum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he brought, he brought us back in. It was, yeah, Tim, Tim's got the right idea. He says his energy is unbelievable, but Bob says best one so far. And Gutbuster Mike said last episode was the most thought-provoking. All true. So true. So true. I mean, I think Doug's favorite line was when he he just said, uh, YouTube is the disgeneration's library. You know, he sort of hit I, you know, on the head. Right? I like hearing those sentiments, right? Because I need to educate the, uh, you know, the elder statesmen of the gatekeeping. But more importantly, the thing I like about Marcus Eddy is he is a giver, right? He's just given the good energy, ready to yeah. share. What can I do? Let's make the world a better place. That's what I like. We need more of that. 100%. And he's just a gem. And he hinted he's going to bring out more magic, which I can't That's freaking That's exciting. Write. Yeah. Yeah. Because like like we were saying, his 2008 release, I'm still using in my working set. So uh, you can't sleep on it. It's too good. It's too good. Yeah, what I found staggering the most about that conversation was that, like, he doesn't get stuck with ideas. That, to me, was just, like, something I envy so much. And, crazy man, I, I hope we have the luxury of, like, sitting opposite him again over a cup of tea or a beer or a meal 
in Ma Magic Live or something again because that would just be so fantastic to to set that friendship up again. It's One, just phenomenal. One hundred percent. That's got to yeah. happen. I wonder if you know. I bet if he got the chance to film something for Fifty Cent doing Magic, I bet he would bloody get a 50 cent coin made with like 50 on it or something or or a bill a 50 dollar note or you know i bet he'd be the guy to go to that length and just create something nuts do it marcus if you're listening to this so nick how many hundreds of gigs did you do in the last week i only did five this week i was very ordinary um yeah and it was kind of interesting a lot of my gigs got shifted around because we had the grand final weekend. So for our international listeners, we have Australian uh, rules football, very different to other types of football, whether you think football is soccer or gridiron, as we call your NFL, I suppose. You speak of rugby? No. No? See, Man, why is it so complicated? This is an extremely <laughs> complicated sport. Can it we just be rug rugby? It's unnecessarily yeah, no. complicated. It's so it's such a complicated sport. Um, Can you narrow where, it down for the American average brain. Well, for a guy who doesn't like any sports other than Formula One, by all means, let me explain to you. Yeah, the let's game hear what this my, not rugby sport is. My my understanding is that AFL just has a lot more kicking in it rather than running and tackling. Is there is there theatrics like big time wrestling? This is what I like in my sports: a little bit of drama, a little theater. <laughs> So you want someone, so you want to see a scrum, a ball up, someone grab a chair, connect them to the face, and then That's kick silly. It. That's silly. Maybe just wear a mask, like a luchador <laughs> imagine style. If they, imagine if they did combine like WWE style with rugby or. Oh, have you seen the XFL? Vince McMahon has a professional football what? league um, with that exact. Oh. He does. It's, he's ran it twice. It's a total disaster. Oh, my God. And, but the idea is that. Let's bring the revelry into football. But. Well, I think the best combination of sports is a sports it, – it's called slam ball. I assume it's still around. I used to watch it when I had, like, cable TV. And it's a mixture of hockey, gymnastics, and basketball. And it's effectively oh. basketball where you have to score, but there's trampolines. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, and the, the ring is like considerably higher. I think it's like 12 foot high. And in order to dunk, you have to jump off the uh, trampolines and travel like now, 30 feet in the air. Imagine that, like, but everyone's singing show tunes at the same time. Then you've got a, you've got a, a Broadway show right there, friends. We, that's got its own probably app. It's got its own network. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Let's go. So what yeah. – so uh, – <laughs> Anyway, so that interfered with your gigs. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 hosted here in Melbourne, um, and so everywhere was uh, they said to be very very quiet, you know. And so all my residencies were like, we're we're shifting all of these to different days, uh, like on my residency dates and so forth. They're just like, no, it's normally super duper quiet because people watch the game, get day drunk, and typically either fall asleep or go out absolutely raging. At uh, 7 p.m. And does um, the event not bring gigs to you? Because we've had the Super Bowl in New Orleans a few times, and I always get booked up when that's happening for for that event. No, see, here's the thing: There's, what happens with a lot of these sports events that I've experienced in the past is they, like, I name my price. They typically go for a very cheap option, and then I approach them again, prospecting to them again the year after. And then they say things to the effect of, we will never have magicians ever again. 
Yeah. And, okay. And this has happened yeah. to me at the Formula One, which I loved doing that gig because I love, love, love Formula One. And it's happened to me at um, a couple of football games now where they've just gone, we got a cheaper guy. He's going to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, guess what? Like, like they don't do it. They don't do magicians at all, period. And, you know, this is the type of thing where I learned this from my good friend, Tim Ellis, who I absolutely adore. And a lot of the words he says, I do take as gospel, which is super rare for me to do that. But he, he gave me this line. I'm going to share it with you guys because I think it's a great pro tip. And whenever you're quoting a gig and someone hits you up and says, oh, I got someone who can do a cheap or they can do this gig for a hundred bucks. My advice, this is what Tim said. He goes, tell them if you have a hundred bucks for a magician, don't book them. Buy yourself a really nice bottle of wine. Drink it and entertain yourself. It's going to be a far better use. It's going to be a far better use of your money because a hundred dollar magician nowadays you know, it's not someone who's had the chops, but there's a, there's a there's a price difference in that. It's the same reason why a Corolla, Toyota Corolla, you can get for like $3 and a Bentley is $3 million. There is like just these nuances between the two. Mm. I like that approach. I might suggest another form of variety entertainment that's a little less professional, something like a statue act or, uh, you know, something that can charge a little bit less, but still provide the entertainment they're looking for. And mm. maybe the person can understand the pay scale of someone who does very little versus someone who's expertly trained and all the things that make good theater. What do you, what do you think about the idea of, um, in that situation saying to someone, look, book me. And if you're not happy, then you get a full refund. That's clever. I haven't thought about that. It, it's not something I do, but I've heard, um, Sam Angelico, uh, you know, a FISM winner now, um, more of a mentor magician still performing, but he, yeah. he would say to me that that's how he would combat price. He'd be like, I'm worth my price. So if you're querying it, book me and, Full refund if you're not happy with the package. It's ballsy, but um, you know it's it's one approach. People out there, yeah, and I think satisfaction guaranteed should be the motto for all performers, right? I would have no problem just putting that out there to to anyone booking me. Yeah, you like I it, I'll give your money back. Yeah, I would. I would represent. I would gladly back myself in that sense. But running an agency yeah. as I do with my good friend, um, I don't know if I would do that for all my magicians. Because you're um, sending out some scrubs, uh-huh. Oh, to totally. No, well, it's, it's not, not in your control. Yeah. You, don't, you don't know <laughs> you who's showing up in Denver, right? I mean, you got you got boots on the ground, but you're not, you're not there. No, it's just that, like, I have a rule which has been broken by a few of my guys. And mind you, they've been working for me for a very long time, okay? So let's just be clear that, like, it's okay to slip up every now and again. But my rules are these. Three rules. Be easy to work with. Be on time. And be talented. Those are the three things. But every now and again, someone will go get there late, right? And that's just because things happen, right? Or they don't have the infrastructure of being able to drive their own vehicle to an event and they got to take a bus and the bus on the wheels go round and round and fall off and they can't get there in time. Things like this happen. I get that. But like, I know that I have the infrastructure that I can totally back myself. You know, it's like, I guess it's the difference between having like a belief in someone and faith in someone. I have faith they'll mm. do a good job. But I don't blame like but the difference between belief and faith is that like there's no proof, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like faith, no proof. Just yeah, I have faith in you, buddy. You can do this. And you can only control 
Yeah, you can't. You can only control yourself, really. At the end of the day, with with Correct. that kind of thing, like full yeah. refund if you're not happy. Yeah. Well, I I didn't do any events um, over the last weekend, but I did get to meet up with our buddy Jason, who flew into Brisbane. Jason Ma flew into Brisbane for a Yu Gi Oh tournament. What a nerd! But what? he, um, I love I that actually. What the hell is even that? No, man, I, it's like I'm jealous that you know <laughs> I want to play Yu Gi Oh tournaments. Wait, what is but, it? What even is that? Is that a card game? Yeah, yeah. It's a card game. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a card game that people do um, enter championships with. And and Jason last was it last year or earlier this year? He actually got flown to represent Australia in the like as a as a no top five representative to play Yu Gi Oh in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he made a vlog about it. Um, it's worth watching. And he and to buy some of the cards that are more higher value to play with actually like he went into a store in Japan and dropped like a thousand bucks on this set that is like really good to play with or have in your arsenal, which, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a much better explanation to it than what I'm saying. But anyway, so he's like kind of known in the Yu-Gi-Oh world. Wow. <laughs> came, came to Brisbane for a tournament and I was like, um, let's, let's hang out. I'll wait around in the city until your match is over and um, let me know when when you're ready. So I I went out into the city. Oh, I did do one event, and then straight after it, I went to the city, and I wasn't hearing from Jason yet. So I went to the casino, as every good magician does, and I drew out I drew out five hundred dollars. I was like, you know what? Yeah, whatever. Let's just have some fun, play some blackjack. And okay. um, what ended up happening was I went up a little bit, went down a little bit, and then I ended up losing $250, right? So I had 500, I went down to 250. And just before I was about to leave, I was like, you know what, that, that's, there's no story in that if I've just lost some money. So I put it on black on um, roulette and it won. So I, now I'm back to my original $500. And then I was like, that's still not good. So I put that $500, oh, there's the balloons again. Nice, <laughs> what's up Blaze? Hey, thanks for jumping in. Love your podcast too, bro. Um, and then I put that $500 back on black again and it won. So now I've took that $1,000 off the table and then walked out of there like a king, met up with Jason. That was a great yeah, start yeah. to the night. Oh, yeah, wow. So, so I won $500 is all I'm saying. <clears throat> and not a big deal. but That's fantastic, know, actually. It's a, that's a holy moly gig right there I didn't have to do. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I made up, uh, made up, met up with Jason. But by this stage, it's midnight and the Valley, which is the nightclub area in Brisbane, was packed because I think people had gone out and they'd watched the AFL somewhere and then come out afterwards. We both have a vlog coming out of this um, night. It was just insane. Like <clears throat> I've not been in the thick of like drunk people like that for a while. And um, if anyone can handle drunk people, it's Jason and I, but we were just like, constantly looking over our shoulders like while we're filming and stuff making sure no one's just gonna just bump into you just because they're off their head um but needless to say it was uh it, it was uh <laughs> we have to be very picky with what content we can use uh good times <laughs> that's the choice of performing for drunk people i imagine Doug, you've probably done that more than i was just thinking man i should take the camera to bourbon street at night and film some stuff it's gold oh yeah man. I absolutely do that. I will absolutely. What you will see to... what that is this year. Please do what that. Why don't we lead into sure. some? Why don't we lead into some gig stories and talk about some drunk 
stories or um, or something nice. What do you think? I think we should definitely do that. And I think uh, I think that was a, a good way for me to start us off. But let's keep it going. So gig stories is a little section of the show. We like to talk about all the little moments in magic, either while performing or just going day to day, which we'll start off today with. Let's go with the drunk story, Josh. You got one? <laughs> Another drunk story? Well, uh, you know, me- you can elaborate on it and then we can watch it on your on your channel, but we'll get an exclusive experience of it on the pod and then we can see it for real on your YouTube. This is yeah. how I plug your boy. Well, look, thank you, bro. Thank you. One of the hardest parts about filming with drunk people is that people watching from the outside see a camera and they're like, oh, a camera. I need to be on it. So the hardest part was actually filming a whole routine where someone didn't freaking run in front of the camera and pull a funny face and then run off. So like I'm doing the haunted deck for this group and I've really wound them up and we've gotten to that perfect moment. Their hands are out, the cards are in their hands, all the hands are above mine and we're like making the moment happen. And the card popped out perfectly to where it flew out and landed face up still on the deck. And when I watched it back, a fucking person walked past at the exact moment that the card did all the magical stuff. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Ah. Uh, if you know if looks could kill and yeah Jeez. there's just other funny stuff too like um there were some girls that uh, kept coming back to want to see magic from jason and at one point like they know what's going on we're trying to film content so they're like let's make a thumbnail and they like pulled like a really you know <laughs> animated kind of look that you would use on a thumbnail they're like let's make a good thumbnail and like they were fully in they were like they knew what was going on it was hilarious um, and then I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's an actual magic, like we, we got away with some pretty bold stuff because you just like, well, we're not at a gig and they're drunk. So let's just try some crazy stuff. That's um, fine. but yeah, people get in the way the cameras is the most annoying. And then just people like, if they're going to heckle, it's like times a hundred. Cause now they really have no, yeah. do you have a table or a tripod or are you just running and gunning here? So Jason and I both had our ZVE1 cameras and I had a camera bag. So every time we took turns, we'd take the, we'd open up the bag and switch out cameras and then All give right. it to the other person. <laughs> um, so there was no table or anything that would um, give you any kind of yeah, uh, what prestigitation. It was just like walking up to people, full street magic, David Blaine yeah. style. Um, but it was what so you easy. them, giving them the David Blaine. Yeah, we, we they, literally they just stood it. <laughs> We found the least noisiest area and we just stayed there and mm-hmm. we just do a spring and then people would, three people would walk up to you. It was the easiest way. It was like, wow. you know, what do they say? Yeah. Fishing with a shotgun in a. In I do that a, all the time on the street. I'll just stand there and do this and expect people to stop. You know, I just, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm not, if I don't feel like going out of my way to stop them and I just stand there and do that, people will come up to the table. Yeah. Question. Yeah. How are you, Mike, Josh? Because I think that the Audible um, experience was kind of interesting. Were you using the little road goes or are you using someone else? Yeah, it's a good question. So we both we had different setups. So Jason was using this, the the B, whatever it's called, ECM B10, I think it's called. That's a little that, shotgun uh, mic. That's the Sony yeah. mic, right? Yeah, so this is we the love Sony mic. Thing. So, so this one is very, very good. And so Jason used this one. 
So in a very loud environment, he's like, he just used this one. He set it so it, it's very pinpointed in the direction it will only pick up audio from. So he used that. But knowing that I have a soft voice, I used my wireless go to, but I put this on my camera. So I just had a few more out points so I could put the, the transmitter and then a receiver on the camera and then me mic'd up as well, which I've talked about doing that way before. But um, yeah, so we took different approaches. Jason has a very loud voice. So he had the shotgun and then I- Are you using the second mic and the Rode Wireless Pro to, to capture or are you just using the transmitter as a recorder? On the one I have, the transmitter isn't a recorder. So I have to have two receivers taken yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. I had planned so to do like that. A... And that's what my plan was, moving out with this mm. thing into the wild. So good to know that's the way. Yeah, yeah. So we that's that's what we did anyway. What about battery life on this thing? How are you holding up in the wild with this on batteries? For the the for the road, road wireless. Man, it lasts I, I left it on the whole time. Yeah, um, just let it go, huh? Yeah, I think it has like six hours of awesome. on time or something. Cool. It's not not a big deal, but but yeah, so that was my geek story. We just went out into the wild, filmed drunk people, very crazy and, and fun, and it was good to catch up with Jace and uh I'm sure I'll get him on the pod again soon now that he's back in Australia for a little while. And uh, it's good times. So, Nick, what's uh, what story you got for us? I have a – I was going to tell a drunk story, but I have one really sweet one about, <laughs> like, just, just when you when you have the people on your side. And I, this is when I was doing street shows in, in very, very early in my career, and I was doing a street show, and a really intoxicated cat rocks up in the middle of my show. And so in, in a typically a street show, you have an oval situation where you create an edge. Typically, I do it with a bottle of water so I don't mess up the sidewalk or anything. So I, I get a, a bottle of water and, and I spray a, a semicircle, uh, like a half circle, and I get everyone to step up to the line. And the motivation is like, please come to the line so you don't block the sidewalk. Otherwise, it's going to shut down my show. Away we go. So I got this good space and cups and balls and everything else. And uh, I'm doing my bit. And this guy just walks straight through it. He's holding a bottle of vodka, which is like damn near empty. And he's just right up onto my table, like, you know, and doing his thing. And I'm just like, my guy, I need you to step back. Like, everyone's trying to watch the show. He was just so oblivious to everything going on. And he's just cussing at me. And um, I had a really good edge, really, like, it was like four or five people deep. And I was just like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, for your safety and mine, I'm going to have to end the show. Sometimes things like this happen, you know. And I was getting worried because there was kids about and stuff. And then he started, he's trying to front me because he was tanked. And then a couple other guys stepped in in front of him, you know, and, and then he realized he was outnumbered and he just walked off. And I was like, sorry, guys, this is live theater. This is what happens. Thank you all so much for going. Uh, I think it's just best for everyone's safety. We just end the show. And in that moment, everyone just turned around and said, keep going. And I'm like, what? And they go, continue, continue, keep going. And they became this massive cheer. And all of a sudden, it was just cheering me on to finish on the show. And so... Sure, man. I put I put my pouch back on and I continue with the show and I had it. And um, I've got these friends now, like to this day, like on my uh, I've performed for them. You know, they were starting off businesses. They've evolved. I've done corporates for them. Um, you know, Brian Coogan was his name. He's an IT developer. Like I've performed for him. Um, you know, it, it's it's just really interesting how like when you can perform in such a way that you can get people to care about you that they'll back you in almost every single way. Like even in the, the presence of a fight, um, it was just a really, really special experience as far as street shows go. And I remember that really, really well. Um, how you can just make, and it probably happens a lot of times when you even get like mean people or, or, or drunks, you know, where all of a sudden like all their friends turn against that one person and you just have this little moment to yourself where you go, 
these are my people now. Yeah. And when you know the people are with you, you should look forward to turning that challenging situation into a rewarding moment for everyone watching because they will want you to succeed against the adversity. And if you get whiny about it and throw your hands up and and then everyone loses, but if you persevere, then everyone wins. Right. And sometimes even more so than the norm. Yeah. You should have turned out even better because you survived. Mm. And, and the story I actually wanted to share was um, I perform a lot of magic for kids nowadays with the daytime residencies that I do, which is really, really enjoyable. I've been creating new material for it. I've been, you know, borrowing buckets from the bar to do like misers type routines and stuff. And it's been really adorable. And I got a message from a mother uh, through my Instagram and uh, it was just she's the keen. sweetest thing. Sorry. I said she's keen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and I just, I just want to wow. share like, this, this paragraph that she, she, she wrote and she says, eyes closing tonight, drawn out words. And this is what the child said. He goes, Hey mom, is he really magic? Or can I learn to make a card go inside my finger? He's magic. <laughs> I won't say the, the child's name. He goes, wow. he's magic, but you can do anything you want. He opens his eyes so I can be magic. Yep. Kiddo smiles and goes to sleep. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. That was just too sweet to not share in the show. Like I've had this in my, like I've been holding back for a couple of weeks to share with you guys, but I just thought that was so great. Like, wow. Yeah. He wants you to be his daddy. Well, that's beautiful. <laughs> that is so beautiful. Hey, we, we have a speak pipe. Uh, we have, we have a gig story from a fellow magician who, who's listening to the pod. Um, Doc, now I believe this is a, this is a, as Nick would say, a really good friend of mine. This is a friend of yours, Nick. He's my mentor, man. He's, um, Your mentor. yeah, yeah. Nice, uh, he's, nice. he's a great human, a great, uh, street performer. who's written a book <clears throat> on the art form, which is, I think being completed or about to, um, which will be printing off. And once that's done, uh, it'll be great to have him on the show. I think Doug, yes, you and yeah. Doc, you and Doc have crossed, um, paths, Many a times over the years, and he yeah. has nothing but wonderful things to say about you, and adores you entirely. So, um, he and I were engaged in conversation, and was telling me this story. And I said, "Will you please record this on our on our podcast so I can share it with our audience?" And he was kind enough to do so. So amazing! So, <clears throat> if you haven't done this yet, send us a voicemail. It's speakpipe.com forward slash the magic guys. Or you can just click the link in the description of this podcast. It's really fun to hear from everyone. And we, we actually have two speak pipes today. But here's, yeah, here's Doc giving us some uh, some real advice from a recent gig. My name's Dwayne, Doc Andrew. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Two nights ago, I was performing. I was doing some cards for some women. And a guy in his 30s came up, pulled out his phone and says, I'm putting you on TikTok. I said, well, sir, I'd prefer that we have an intimate uh, session and you can see me through your, through your own eyes instead of through a phone. He says, no, I'm putting you on TikTok. I said, well, I prefer not to be filmed. He goes, well, I'm putting you on TikTok. And I said, sir, please don't. I prefer that we have a good time together and I don't like my material being filmed. And he says, well, you've been paid to be here, right? I said, well, yes, I have. And he goes, well, then there you go. I can film you. So, well, sir, that's not really how it works. I prefer not to be filmed because I've had friends that have been put on TikTok and Facebook and all of that. And 
and they, the people who did the filming made a lot of money, but my friends didn't make anything from it. He goes, well, I'll share it with you. I said, again, I'd prefer not because, and I just kind of cheekily, I said, you know, young magicians are thieves. They'll steal anything. And I'd prefer not to have a 17 year old doing my act next week. So please don't film me. And he just looked at me and goes, well, if I can't film you, I'm not watching. And I'm like, well, that's okay. I hope you have a beautiful evening. Um, we, we can leave this at that. You can feel the tension, like just thinking of that, that moment happening. Doug, what's your thoughts? I mean, cause again, you've lived through before people had phones, you know, with cameras in them to now it's all about the cameras. How does that make you feel? You know what? In a professional environment, I'm going to be less challenging. Like if someone wants to film me, right? I'm not probably not going to argue with them too much about it. Why create that negative energy? But you know, you be. I understand the point of view, right? Some people don't like it. They don't want, like you said. There's valid reasons. Uh, the money is a, not a good reason. No one's making money on short form video anymore. Uh, very few. But hmm. the having your act out there and not wanting your you know intellectual prop property available that's reasonable um maybe best to make a small uh like hey film this and then do my thing you know and give him 10 seconds so he gets his thing then you get your thing that's maybe how i would approach it but i also i'm like this film it let's go send me the footage i'll use it later yeah 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 personally I've never had someone film me and then I've seen the footage later. Like it, like we were saying, like yeah. we've asked people to send us stuff. They never do because they watch it back and they realize it doesn't look as good as it did in real yeah. life because we were performing it for the real life entertainment value. And But you're right. I've said definitely and it definitely works to have a quick flourish of something, whether it's some, some coin manipulation yeah. or a little carbon impact where you go or some, with some color changes where you go, well, that's not going to look good on great on camera, but film this and I'll do a quick 10 second thing that will look good. And yeah. then, you know, you're in control of like what's going to be out there. That works really well. Or um, yeah, sometimes I'll just purposely make the the video seem a bit boring. <laughs> like I'll, I'll get the spectator to shuffle cards. And after 30 seconds, the person holding their phone just feels stupid mm-hmm. and they put it you know- away. You know, I think erroneous of, of the advice that's been given, like, don't you think it's okay to say to someone, please don't film me, and they respect that? Mm. I think that, to me, is what I'm taking away most from this. No, no, that I qual- qualified my answer with, when you're a paid professional in someone else's party, then yes, I think you should be a little bit more forgiving of, if you consider it a rational request, Yeah, try not to create any tension as you manage it, you know, it's... Hey, Bob, your magician won't let me film him, piece of shit. You know, he goes, talks to maybe this guy's the brother's owner of the, you know, the brother's owner. Owner, You get it? You don't, you know, you don't know who you're talking to. If he's VP. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, you're right. You should be able to say you don't want to be filmed. You should be lenient. Uh, but, I mean, you know, the comeback he could have said was, oh, yeah, we'll try and go to a Chappelle uh, <laughs> concert. And telling him I can film you because but that's the deal. You're in the Dave this. Chappelle show. You're you're yeah. in the Doug Conn theater. No filming or, allowed. Yeah, go you to a strip like club. It? See ya. <laughs> go you to a strip think? club and be like, yeah. I paid to be here. I can film you, stripper. Like that's not going to happen. Well, do you think that it should be more so etiquette that people should ask for permission to film rather than just start capturing? Totally. Yes. 
Like, should should that be the rule? Do you think, as opposed to us having to, you know? I think I, I was putting myself in the mind of the guy who wanted to film. He's probably excited and enthusiastic to capture the moment and thinks he's doing a favor for the person. So when he says, "I'm going to put you on TikTok," he's expecting the magician to go, "Great," you know. So yeah. this guy is uh, of that point of view. So I think yeah. it's important to consider yeah. that. Yeah, because one of the things that Dwayne said was that, um, uh, you know, that he's had a magician who's been filmed before and it went viral. He didn't get a cent. I think if memory serves, that would have been James James. And he was someone I filmed mean, very, b- very possible. Yeah, I know that that video did go very viral. But look, even yeah. a viral video now is like 20 bucks. It's just stupid. They're really? paying for a million views these days, you know. Right. So it's okay. like if, you think, if that's in your mindset, let that thought go free. You know, because okay. you need yeah. like a billion views now to make any real money in short form. <clears throat> For now, yeah, that might yeah. change, right? As we figured out. But. Yeah, yeah. I guess you just got to pivot the material that you're about to do if it's something that shouldn't be filmed to be able to watch back. But again, yeah, people should respect if you say, "Would you mind not filming because X, Y, and Z?" But let's have a good time in person. I'll film something for you afterwards that you can put on on your yeah. on your TikTok. Yeah, I, I I do that a lot when I'm doing my multiple card <laughs> select because that's a very flashy, fl- um, flourishy type routine with lots of like Sybil type cuts and things like that. Mm. And I'm I'm launching cards in the air. I'm catching them in my mouth. So when people start filming me during the picking process, I'll go, oh, this bit's boring. I'll t- I'll tell you when to start filming. Yeah. And so that yeah, might just yeah, be a good yeah. line as well. Oh, this is the boring bit. I'll tell you when to start filming, and then you can go, hey, this is like. It's like deja vu. We keep having this conversation about phones coming out. Obviously a topic that should be on professionals' minds moving forward. Mm. Right? Mm. Maybe maybe we should always have our friggin' uh, handles like printed on our suit or something. <laughs> so in every video that people take of us, it's like they can see. You the- could have a little button with a no camera sign. Even that would be a subtle, you know, way to non-verbally. Mm. Well, yeah, if you put it under your lapel, you yeah, just sort just of like, like open your lapel up and was yeah. like. And if they keep it up, just put it right at the lens. Get one of those flashes that uh, celebrity security guys have now. It yeah. just the lights flash, so it looks terrible on a camera well, when they're trying know. to take photos. Um, but what if it, well, you know it would be funny? And I actually now thinking about this might do this. Um, you get one of those pull-out banner things, but hooked up in your jacket that's just got your handle. So when they see you filming, you're like picking a card. Like, oh, hang on a sec, and you pull out at Josh Nobido, and then you let it go, and it springs back in. That I think would be some. Yeah, I love it. I love and it, it. Be, and and it would be useful. But goddamn, I think I might actually do that. And everyone else, feel free to do it too. One of those little uh, mini banners. Yeah, like the ones that would go on a pen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or even just put one in. I'm gonna write that. Like, just get get a pen and just do the thing like this. And yeah, yeah. have it. In, maybe have it in your in your breast pocket and just go like that. You could order freaking tomorrow. Um, mm. It'd be good to stash in your like in the cap of your um your sharpie marker or something like that. So it's just a sharpie marker sitting in your front. You just go, yeah, that would look great. Yeah, oh yeah, I love this. This podcast is just for me because I've just gotten value out of that already. It's amazing. <laughs> I do like the thing we bring some value to at least <laughs> one person today, and today that's you, Josh Nabito. Hell yeah! Well, look, since, since we're on the subject of me, can I can I uh, tell everyone what uh, the title oh, yeah. of this podcast is about? Please do. We, I, I titled it TOM is Coming. Now, I love that uh, Tom, who I think he might be live now, he actually wrote in was like, ah, I'm I'm coming. 
So, yes, that is funny, Tom. But so TOM stands for Theater of Magic. Now, this this is more relevant to anyone who's who's in Australia or in, in Brisbane, where I live. I know there's a few magicians out there like Dash and a few other guys that are Brisbane-based. Theater of Magic is a regular weekly residency that me and two other business partners um, have have joint forces to create. And it starts this week, but essentially it's a weekly ongoing parlor intimate magic show that's going to reside in a very heritage, beautiful um, building in the CBD, right in the heart of Brisbane. And um, to explain it, the vibe of it, I have our trailer um, ready to show everyone. So this, my friends, and these guys... Nick and Doug haven't seen this, so this is no, I'm jazzed. the intro to the Theatre of Magic, shot by yours truly. That looks amazing, and I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Bob says... Whoa, Doug, what is happening to you right know, now? man. I'm throwing a party over here. You deserve no. that. <laughs> Everyone listening, <laughs> what is happening? Everyone who's listening to this, go to YouTube and look at 30, 30, 37 <laughs> minutes and 30 seconds <laughs> and just see what the hell just happened. That was crazy. That was crazy. Um, Bob says, booking a flight. Uh, yeah, Jimmy said, great promo. This is word promo. Did yeah, you this, do that whole thing? You. Yeah, I shot and edited that project. Chris, the whole thing. Uh, that's, that's so well done, man. And I yeah, want that pinball good. machine. I want yeah. that pinball machine in my house. Yeah, 12 grand. You can buy one. You can. That's buy reasonable. One. It's on the list. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I will say um, I shot and edited everything, but Christopher Wayne, who's one of the, the three of us in it, um, he, he just, he like set up every shot. Like it was his storyboard of video. And then I just helped capture it. And then we made it beautiful and put it together. You know, of, of the three of you, like, obviously I've seen you guys perform before, but like the fact that you got Kerry in there, oh, is he, oh. is he, is he performing as the amazing Nigel or is he performing as like Kerry? You know, that's a really good question. And I think he's, he's, he even brought it up. He's like, am I Kerry or am I Nigel in this? But I think he's going to be Kerry um, because this is his dream is to have a place where he can, because you know, you know him, he's always flying around the country yeah, doing amazing so things. But yeah, for look, him, this is his dream to do magic. Well, let's keep his name ambiguous for the moment, but I will I will just mm. share one quick story about Kerry because I did a convention mm. with him many, many years ago and everyone was too scared to want to go on after him. <laughs> yeah. They were like, well, I don't yeah. want to go on after Kerry. Why I'm haven't like, I met magic. this guy? Why haven't we had him on the magic guys? Yeah. He so keeps this- a very low profile just because he doesn't need a big profile. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's yeah. probably the best MC that I've ever seen. He and I, along with my good friend, Mr. Dula, we've actually sat opposite him and we've picked his brain yeah. on how to do MC work a lot better. He's an absolute genius, not just in magic, but in life in general. He's like, you know, I, yeah. I can't say no good things about him. But again, respectfully, he keeps a low profile. And for that reason, I won't say too much else about him. But what I will say yeah. is that if you, <clears throat> you need to go be part of this show. So tell us. What's the night consist of? Is it three separate acts? Is it a mixture of bar magic, stage, and then close up? Like, what are we to expect in a night at Tom? Yeah. So the the idea is we want everyone to be able to escape their normal lives and enter this 
you know, older world where you would go and watch live entertainment. So it's, like I said, in a heritage building. So you walk in, it's so beautifully designed. And in the trailer, you could see some um, posters of like old school movies and all this memorabilia. And that's all in there. Even the pinball machine, like the the theater had that pinball machine. That's a win. It's, yeah. So when we saw How's that, their we security, like, is there any chance I get that thing out of there without <laughs> anyone noticing? To, to be honest, you, you, you would have a, a good chance. All right, cool. Because <laughs> um, we've gone in there and just rehearsed and stuff and like they didn't even know like we were in there, yeah, which is all right, so then. funny. Good to know, good but, to know. Yeah, so it's a beautiful place and this only seats 36 people at a time. Very, mm-hmm. very close up and intimate and very personable. Um, so the idea is you come in, you a drink is included with your tickets um and so you come in you have a drink you sit down and then first there's going to be a close-up magician so you get all that fun close-up magic experience and then after that and that goes for maybe 20 30 minutes and then after that there's a feature 45 minute like parlor show that happens Ooh, i after like that it. so to get everyone settled and and you know get the night going you see close-up like a group close-up um and then the formal show and that's your night and it's sort of uh you know i would say the whole thing is probably 90 minutes that you're there for in, in total it's not a long thing is there a bar on the premises yeah 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 the bar or are you right. selling drinks in between close-up and stage is that happening or <clears throat> i think i think the idea is that people come early grab their drink or drinks and mm-hmm. then during the close-up, they can definitely get other drinks and stuff. And the idea yeah. is that everyone's like really in the zone and drawn in by the time you get yeah. to the, the feature show. Right. So, yeah. So, there's three of us and we won't always be there every week. But the plan is you have one person that's greeting everyone, which um, for the most part will be Kerry, which you can guess why that would be Nick, <laughs> that he would be there to greet every individual person and say hello. And then, um, yeah, one person that's close-up. One person does the, uh, the the main show. Can't freaking wait. And and the good thing about that is it means people can come back and see the show because it'll alternate and you'll see a different person's show. Um, and it might, you know, eventually it might not even be us because it's not named the Josh show. It's the Theater of Magic. So it can be other magicians coming in. And so we're really hoping to make this a Brisbane thing that happens that people just know happens, you know. So you we know, have a public a publicist that's that's organized a media night coming up this week. So we have all these big names coming to see the show to talk about, you know, talk about it to the world. Yeah. yeah it's, How, it's, why do you uh, talk about that? Whose idea is to get a publicist and where do you get a publicist? Yeah. Well, like, what, what, what I will say is that the three of us bring different strengths. So my strength is being able to create trailers and things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, Chris. Chris is the producer, so he's got the producer mind. So when yeah. he, you know, sold shows around the world, right? Um, the the same publicist that worked with him on that is who has come on board for this. Gotcha. And that, that's his. That's his brain. And Makes then Kerry sense. brings, yeah, Kerry brings his own insight. He's very business savvy, very very business yeah. savvy. Um, with Kerry, so he's got all of that side of things worked out very well. So together we sort of become one. Um, <laughs> good entity and uh with all our powers combined we uh should be able to make this a thing yeah pretty there's excited a, pretty excited there's a line of a song that i'm reminded of because you know i used to play in a band and stuff so oh here we go. It's, Jesus Christ. and it's like 
the song by Four Years Strong, the line goes, um, sad enough to say that alone I could barely light a match, but together we could burn this place down. And I think the three of you yeah. guys are going to set the whole town on fire. It is so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. <clears throat> and I'm glad you guys like the trailer. I've watched it maybe at least 200 times, you know. That's work, man. That's a that was really <laughs> nice. Plus, I mean, what you guys were probably filming for a good five six hours that day on set, right? Maybe, probably maybe two two hours. Two hours, <laughs> because we already had the shot set up in our head. Yeah, what to capture? Yeah, um, that bit where he takes the watch as they're going in is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, good. and he just looks a million so bucks good. in that suit too, man. Like oh. he just he just looks so sharp. Totally, yeah. totally. Uh, all right, let's switch gears maybe. We've got another speak pipe from Jimmy Farrister. Now, I played this audio in behind before we started this, and Doug picked up who it was straight away. I didn't even have to tell him. And I know Jimmy's uh, – I think he's still in the chat. At least I saw him before. So Jimmy has a good question. Again, I can't stress this enough. Speakpipe.com forward slash the magic guys. Get involved. We love the community of the podcast. Anyway, here's Jimmy's question. Hey guys, I recently acquired a, a wallet that has graced the backside of Doug Kahn, and I did this without him being aware of it. Uh, so with that information, I really want to know uh, some, some of your favorite ways to steal the card away. Jimmy stole things while he was at my house. To get it into the, the wallet. Some misdirection <laughs> moments that you guys would love to discuss and maybe even some literature to direct me to so that I can use this, uh, this beautiful piece of memorabilia. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. I love the show. So, All right. What? Okay. So question. Um, <clears throat> the funniest thing was it like, uh, like a, a wallet that graced the backside of dogs. I just imagine some with your wallet without, going. Without him knowing. It's, you know, like <laughs> weird. I'm just Weird doing time. that well. I have so many wallets. I don't even know where they are. <laughs> there was probably cash in that thing too, at least five or 600. And well, what, 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 what I'm curious about, s- what type of wallet is it? Is it a hip wallet or is it a breast wallet? Like, I would, yeah, I can tell you right now, it's almost certainly a real man speed loader because that's okay. my jam. That is um, a hip wallet, which goes in your, typically in your back pocket, correct? Typically, but yo, I wear it in the front. Hey, that's Bola. So, so the question that was asked, just to reiterate, was what notions of misdirection should I use to load it? Was it that, though, or was it technique? I mean, misdirection is technique, but I think he's just looking to get it in there. There. It is the speed loader. Does that but load is it, it the speed loader plus? Is it the real man speed loader? Is it the speed loader deluxe? We don't know. I mean, well, I mean, regardless, I, I feel like the yeah, the the ability to get a card in a wallet without people knowing is probably very similar, right? Like the concept of how you approach it. Um, let's go around the room. So I'll I'll just say my my way is to do it when it seems like the trick's over. So I won't make it the trick where it's like, take the card, it's vanished. Hold my, you know, and now it's in my wallet. It's like the trick's over. And then as a memento, I go, hey, in case you need a magician or in case you can't sleep at night, let me give you my card. So I take the wallet out, take the card and I go, oh, and also here's something else for you. And then I open the zip and then say this, oh yeah, this might mean something to you as well. That's my approach. 
But Nick, what say you? Well, just to reiterate, so we have here, he says, yes, more on the misdirection and little tips to distract while doing the move. What's curious about that, Jim, is if I may call you Jim, is that I... Not, not oh, though, he hates that. Sorry, Jimmy. Apologies. <laughs> I thought we were friends. Apologies, Jim. So, Jimmy, Barrister. I think... I, th- I think Mr. Barrister. Uh, so what I think is, um, it's preferred. Okay. So what I think is kind of curious about that is that I've always treated my wallet loads as an economy of movement, you know, not unlike you would retain balls to vanish them as you're picking up a magic wand in a cups and balls type routine. So I think the misdirection isn't the most important thing here with Disagree. regards to loading it. Um, it's not the most important. God, that's, this, that's, no, this is good. This is good. Yeah, keep going. Good. Yeah, I just think it's the most important thing. So, for example, like as far as technique goes, I can only speak on behalf of what I use, which is a caps wallet, and that's loaded into my breast pocket and the inside of my my jacket. So I can comfortably top palm a card, and in the action of going into my wallet, load it and take it out. So I can only speak to my experience, which is why I say that. So I don't feel it pertinent to steal a card, load it bring something back out, then go back in and reveal the wallet. So I think that like, for me, the economy of movement, as long as that is motivated, not highlighted, but motivated, it should be fine because you could just as easily put the deck down as you're chatting away and ice could be up here, you know? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and it could be something as simple as that as eyes are up and you've now top on the card you could reach into your pocket and then when you don't say but, what you want to say. But that's look. the most important step. Either up. What's your name? Tell them a joke. You know, get get the gaze. That's the first part, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so the slight is more so from 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 my understanding, like step one is to palm the card. Okay. So my preferred method is is a top palm, and I will preferably do it in, in the action of handing over the deck to put it down um, as opposed to doing this type of thing and putting it down. I'll just be chatting away and go look truth. And then I put the deck down. So they're looking at the deck at this point. So I think as far as technique goes, that's, that's, that's how I would sort of, let, let me, let me navigate this scenario a little more clearly. Sure. So, so the cards in your hand, you're ready to palm it. Do you play cards? So I'm going to look at someone and I'm going to ask them a question. For example, or tell a joke or something. Do you play cards? As they answer the question is when I'm going to do the palm. <clears throat> oh, here, cut the deck. And as they do that action, I'm going to get this thing into my wallet. So, Ooh, boy, get the gaze, execute the move under that misdirection, mm-hmm. and then give more misdirection. That's So let me speak up for Jimmy because Jimmy's watching. Look, I got this thing in my front pocket. Learn the lowy palm. We've talked about this. It's this palm where it pivots off the thumb into the hand. So you can get it really quick. If you're going into the front pocket, look at this economy of motion here. I'm going to execute this palm into my left hand. Now all I have to do is go here. I don't got to go over here or around the butt. You know, if you keep the wallet in your back pocket, now you got to go over here. But if you can learn this palm, it's a version of the lowy palm, which is described in the Die Vernon book. Now you just go right into this pocket and boom. And that's as they are cutting the deck. Mm, love it. Speaking further, just a little bit more. What I do is this. I load it halfway. I get my hand out of the pocket now. I continue with the routine. 
I finished the load when I go back into the pocket. Now I'm jamming it home and bringing the wallet out. So I'm breaking the load down into a two-step procedure. That's really interesting. I think we all do that then because, Nick, you said you'll put something away as you load it but then come back to it later. And for me, I will um, – so typically what I'll do is I – I, I mean, I said it earlier. I, I do the routine and then as an extra offbeat, I'll do that. So I'll – Where's my uh, bloody deck of cards here? So I've just done the trick, right? And the card is whatever, appeared somewhere amazing. And then I'll top change it as like they're reacting. I'll top change it and I'll just sit it down on the table. So now they they just assume that's their card and I'll react to whatever they're saying. Like that was crazy or, you know, where'd you learn that? In prison, whatever you're saying. And then I'll say, and then as they're saying that, I'm just doing like the most basic bloody palm ever. And I'll sit this down on top of their sign card, but going the opposite way. So you can still see it at the bottom there. And I'll be like, thanks so much for, thanks so much. for." I say playing. Thanks so much for playing. Let me give you a, a souvenir for helping out and I'll load it. But then once I have loaded it, I'll pretend I can't find the thing I'm looking for. So I'll come back out and be like, where did I put it? Oh, it is here. And now it looks like I'm just going, dink, <laughs> taking the wallet out. And that's when I'll go. Here's my business card in case you can't sleep at night. You know who's keeping you up. And here's a little souvenir that's um, been personalized for you. And then it's such a strong effect. The signature. So that's, we're all doing the same thing kind of, but in in our own different ways, like creating a time delay. It's nice to have the clean hand go into that pocket before it comes out. And boy, I do love a cap style wallet. I just don't wear a coat as much as I used to. The one I prefer, and I think some of you use it, is the JOL version. Great wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Outside load, no slide. That's why I use this one, no slide. Jimmy, you probably have an old real man's slide wallet. Uh, Decent, it works. Used it for years. You probably want to upgrade, in my opinion, at this point. There's so much great wallet technology out there right now. Mm. Yeah, but great question, Jimmy. Thanks for um, sending it through. And again, guys, any questions you may have, send them through on the um, on the pipes. So we can scope it out. Yeah, yeah. I believe we have uh, we have a review today. I'm, yeah, I'm you know what? Oh. I, uh, before, before we press in this one, I just wanted to make mention that we had every intention of doing a review last week. But we we're going to do it on Dex, which is an index system released by Lloyd Barnes and... Mm-hmm. Um, and the folks from wherever the hell. Unfortunately, Murphy, Murphy's Magic. Let's be yes. clear about that because it's Thank their you, product. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's basically been sold out almost immediately. And uh, even though I had the review done and wanted to present it to you guys um, on behalf of Piper Magic, he asked me not to do it because he doesn't want to promote anything that he can't supply within a two-week period. So Go figure. That, he wants to fine. do business. I mean, let's, that's crazy. Let's be honest. Like it's a great (laughs) thing to have a review, but people aren't coming here for the review. So I think they're okay with that. Right. But it's a cherry on top when we have one, which we do this week. Right. Yes, sir. Can I ask a question? No. Sorry, Doug. I'd already I'd already pressed the button. <laughs> it was a bad question anyway. Go on with this review. Go on. Okay. So, friends, uh, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Piper Magic, Australia's premier online magic store. And this week, we are looking at Mini Book Pro by Noel Coulter and Toddy McGee. 
For those of you that don't know, this is a super visual production of a mini laptop, which you can do from a mobile phone, whether it be yours or your spectator's phone. You take this mini laptop out of the screen, place it down upon the table. You can then have a card chosen and signed. You explain that the laptop aids you in this trick. And then unfortunately, it fails. And after it fails, you then ask them to refer back to the mini book, which you produce from the screen. And it is remarkably morphed into their signed card. A very, very cool trick. Kind of reminiscent of that Dan White routine with the matchbooks called Lit. Yeah. Very, very cool. Okay. Very reminiscent. Now, in this trick, what you get is a tiny laptop made of metal, so super durable. You get 26 gaff cards, which you can buy refills for. And there is three hours of tutorials explaining how to do the trick, maintain it, versions of it where you don't have to sign a card, and abundance of really good stuff touching upon misdirection as well, because this is a misdirection trick. Now, that being said, we'll touch upon the difficulty of this trick, because as I said, it not being it being a misdirection trick, it's not really something you can do as a beginner. Um, although if it's something that you do want to get into and step into, by all means, like don't be afraid to, if you feel like you're ready for it as a beginner, by all means, give this the time of day. It's just that it's not really something that people can jump straight into and perform without having that knowledge because the way the, the strength this effect has is that there is something right under your nose in plain sight the whole time. And then when they realize that it's been sitting there after X amount of time, that's where their brain turns to mush. And that's where the strength is. So as far as the pros and cons goes, it's a really good trick. And it's, you know, it, they do an exceptional job um, explaining it along with misdirection. You can perform this on Apple and Android phones. You can use your own phone or a spectator's phone. The gimmick cards work with any backs. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you use bikes or tallies, red backs, blue backs, it does not matter. It'll still work. Um, the gaffs they give you are different values as well. So if you are going to perform this at an event and you want to perform this several times, you're not going to end up in a situation where everyone all have the same five of clubs the whole time. So that's really, really cool of them. Uh, it resets in a couple of seconds. Um, you can perform this in the spectator's hands. The laptop is super durable, made a miller and will last forever. And it's a pretty good looking trick for social media too. So as far as cons go... There's very, like, it's such a good trick. I can only find one con about that. And it's that this laptop is made of metal and it pivots to open itself up. And that hinge after heaps and heaps of performances may fatigue. And in order to fix it, you'll just need to drop a little bit of expansive glue, which is covered in the tutorial. And Roddy McGee teaches it very, very well. And then that will give you another hundreds of performances after that. But that is literally the only thing I could find as a con for this trick. Now, as far as cost for this trick goes, it is $85 Aussie, which I think is an absolute bargain for this tiny little laptop and a routine that is quite literally a new reputation maker. So when we think about who is this for, I think if you're a working pro or upcoming magician wants to look like a pro, this is a perfect routine because it has so many really, really high-end performance elements to it. It's got amazing misdirection. It's got transformations. It's just chock-a-block filled with awesome. And I think that I've mentioned in the past, we we're talking about routines in which if you wanted to be able to up your rate at some point, and we we're talking about having a standard rove and a premium rove. And the differences between the two, as I mentioned in the past, was that a premium rove would be something that you charge a little bit more for, but that's because some of these routines actually cost you money. This is exactly one of those routines I was referring to. 
So you would add this to your premium rove and then add a premium price for it because these routines obviously do cost you money, but they're impossible moments, living impossible objects. And it's a really, really good thing. So I think that if you are someone who's looking to elevate not only your magic, but your reputation, I say get it. And if you're going to get it, make sure you get it from pipermagic.com.au. Use discount code PiperGuys for all your magic purchases. It supports us and the channel. And of course, if you want to see a full review done on my channel, you can scope that out and the link's provided in the YouTube. And that's our review. are a mess today i i caught that at the end there doug with the fire. <laughs> can you just tell us what is that is that something where people tip you it shows what is, up i have what? no idea what's going on i'm running the instacam today because of tech issues right before the stream i have no idea i'm in the hot seat i don't even i don't know what's going on here <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it's being triggered by some kind of two thumbs up I mean, two thumbs up one thumb I think I think what triggers it is um, erections, isn't that right? The fire. <laughs> oh, he loves magic. I'm on my fourth one. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. Hey, that's great. What a what a fun episode and um, just a debrief, catch up, release theater of magic, answer questions. This is all the good stuff we love. You know, we love it, yes, but we yeah, all also love to be at it to be at it. Just catch up with all of you guys. So. Leave us a speak pipe in the next week. Yes, do that. I like grab, that. Grab do more mug. of that, please, Internet. Thank you. That's right. That's right. Actually, and guys, I, yeah, if, if, if you would like something to talk about in the speak pipe, I'm doing a little diligence at the moment, and I think this would be an interesting topic for an episode. And I had to run this past you guys, but I was thinking about this. We would like to know what tricks you guys think shouldn't be performed anymore or performed less. Okay. So some people are like, we shouldn't be doing sponge dong anymore. And we shouldn't be doing French kiss anymore. I heard this in a conversation with some friends of mine. I want to know if there's anything you think that would be inappropriate to perform anymore. And maybe some routines that should be retired. So if there's anything that you guys think that comes to mind, drop us a line. I want to know what you guys think out there listening to this. So drop us a line on the speak pipe. All the links will be there. That'd be awesome. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. 